And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you by Away With Me Travel, the official travel agency of the Disney Dads Podcast and our YDF Media. There's nothing better than traveling to Walt Disney World over the holidays. Right now, we have an amazing offer going on for our Disney Dads family. Tell me a little bit about it, Jamie. I'm so excited to be able to bring this incredible offer to our family, and that is if you book a vacation package now through the end of December 2019, we are giving a complimentary party ticket to either Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party or Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. So contact us for details, and we can get you that incredible offer. Contact us at show at awaywithmetravel.com, and we can't wait to get you to these amazing parties today. And this episode of the Disney Dads Podcast is brought to you courtesy of our Patreon supporters. Want to support the show? Become a Patreon member. Thank you. Thank them. Now enjoy the show. Round one was over. (laughs) Parents won. Kids, sip. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen. Start your engines! To infinity and beyond! There's a touch of madness around here. Hello everyone and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast Show. It's a little about us, a lot about Disney. It is September the 8th, 2019, and today I am so excited to be joined by my two brothers here. Guys, I have to say thank you to you all for uh, waiting to record this episode because of circumstance, and you guys have showed up here on a Sunday afternoon to hang out with me, and I love it, man. I love seeing those smiling faces over the weekend. But before we get into tonight's show, because it's such a fun topic, guys, how you doing? Uh, I'm taking a, quite a few thumps on my fantasy football league from uh, my co-host that happens to be laughing at the moment. Um and uh, no, it was it was good, man. It was a good weekend. I got no, I got, no, I got no complaints. And uh, Mike, how about you, buddy? I'm doing good. No complaints. Uh, I'm glad to see Justin's all safe and sound. I'm glad that uh, the Carolinas are somewhat spared on your end when it comes to the hurricane that passed through there. That's I'm sure it's an ex- scary experience, but we're glad you're all in one piece and some little cosmetic damage, and you're good to go. So, uh, yeah, as much as it's uh, weird recording on a Sunday, I'm just glad we're all here together and been able to knock this out. Isn't it amazing that at Disney they can decorate an entire park for Halloween or Christmas overnight? And it takes me 16 days to rebuild a fence. It's also 100 degrees there, right? Oh, oh, it's just the worst. How does a hurricane come through? And then the next day it's 105 degrees. And it's just like... it's 105 and humid. Because it's so wet. And it's just like a breeding... You can hear the mosquitoes singing outside from how happy they are right now. They're just like, ah, this is awesome. So... But, you know, it is what it is. And we're through it. And uh, it is like a jungle out there. That is for sure. See what I did there? See what you did there. Speaking of jungles, we're going to talk about one of our favorite rides. We're going to dive into uh, the attraction that I know all three of us have ridden. I think, Justin, you've even done it in California. And we're going to get into a little detailed talk tonight about the Jungle Cruise. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Awal Airwaves on the DVC. You know, this ride's been around a very, very long time. Uh, the history of the ride dates back to July of 1955 in Disneyland. You know, it was an opening day attraction there. This is something that Walt wanted. Uh, there's a lot of history behind this ride. There's a lot of Walt's hand in this ride. Uh, we were able to have the ride show up in Florida on opening day, Magic Kingdom, October 1st, 1971. So it's been one of those attractions, rides. It's been with the park since day one. Uh, I've been riding it since I was a little kid. I know a lot of you guys have. Uh, Tokyo, it's been 
opened since April of 1983, and Hong Kong was able to get it in September of September 12th of 2005. So they're a little bit new to the game when it comes to the Jungle Cruise. Uh, unfortunately, the Shanghai and Paris don't have it. I'm surprised, uh, considering they have a lot of rides to carry over as well. But uh, we're going to talk about a lot of familiar stuff when it comes to the Magic Kingdom ride tonight and how it ties into the Disneyland ride. And uh, I'm excited to talk about it tonight, guys. You know, this is this is one of those um, iconic, and this is why I'm so comfortable talking about this, is this is this iconic ride that will never, ever go away. You know, and, and I don't even think really change. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys um, when you when you were there years ago, Justin, let's say you, because you were there as a kid, all right? Uh, how, your first time remembering, and let me rephrase that, your first time remembering riding this ride was about how old? Ooh, probably, realistically, probably maybe like eight or nine. Okay. Ten, somewhere around that age. All right. And Mike, I want to ask you the same thing. Where, uh, what was your age on uh, remembering this ride? Well, I, I remember my f- longest memory trip from when I was younger I was 13 years old that's kind of where my where my memory goes back to so I guess that was back in the 40s but I don't know the ride wasn't built back then no I'm <laughs> uh, no it was uh, I was probably about 13 or 14 years old so that was quite a while ago okay so so 112 years ago we have uh, this ride um, my my question for you guys is what is the difference between you riding at that age and then now your kids riding it at this age now I don't think there's really any difference. I think I think it's still a immersive over the top attraction that has stood the test of time maybe than maybe better than most attractions at Disney. I I think whenever you board the the boat and and you your skipper, you know, immediately just makes it fun with with some of the jokes and then you get through the attraction which we'll dive into more, but I just I don't think there's much of a difference from generation to generation. I think Everyone looks at it with that same awe and, uh, and you know, it's just a huge undertaking with this attraction, if that makes any sense. Do you think some of the younger kids get the humor? You know, the does, does Riley get the humor? I guess that's a better question. Do your boys get the humor when it comes to the jokes, the cast members? Or is that more of as you get an older, you appreciate it more? Some of them. Some of them. Yeah. Not I agree. A, I, think, I think some of them. I think it's almost an infectious laugh with kids, though. I don't think they even need to get it. I think when they see adults laughing sometimes, that's all it takes for them to laugh too. So, you know, I, they, they get they get some of it for sure. Hey, before we before we journey into the attraction though, I, some of my favorite stories about Walt Disney come from the Jungle Cruise. So one of my favorite stories, and you want to talk about right place, right time. You know, life's built up around circumstance where it's right place, right time with a lot of situations, you know? So, back in 1951, it was four years before the opening of Disneyland, and a guy who, look, if you're a Disney fan, you're going to know this name, Harper Goff, he is in central London, and he is at a train store, right? And he's sitting there, and he sees a a model train that he likes, and he goes to the gentleman, he says, I'd like to to get that train. He goes, I'm sorry, that one's already been purchased. The gentleman will be picking it up very shortly. Um, Is there anything else you would like? Well, as he continues to browse the store, a man walks in, and uh, buys and picks up his train. Well, that man was Walt Disney. And Walt Disney, in time, says, oh, that guy was interested in buying your train, Walt. And, and Walt said, oh. So he walks over to me and said, so you like model trains? And Harper Goff and Walt Disney start discussing uh, model trains there in central London. And Walt asks him, says, what do you do? And he says, well, I'm an illustrator. And Walt says, really? Well, when you come back to the United States, why don't you come visit me in Anaheim and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about maybe you coming to work for me. And that's exactly what he did. When, when Harper Goff goes back to uh, to the U.S., he meets with Walt. Walt hires him. And Harper Goff is the one who draws the diagrams for Disneyland. So now he is in with the Disney company. He's Walt's right-hand man in designing the Disney parks. And where the Jungle Cruise really comes in uh, handy is, guys, imagine this. Imagine Disneyland and Magic Kingdom flip-flopped. Where Fantasyland is would be Adventureland, and where Adventureland is would be Fantasyland, because that's originally how it was planned. But because of the Jungle Cruise and because Walt wanted it to look like a jungle oasis, there were already trees existing on the west side of the park where um, where Adventureland is now. So they flip-flopped it. They moved Adventureland over to where it is now, and they put Tomorrowland where Tomorrowland is now. 
And because of this attraction, that's the reason you have the layout you do in these parks. That's an interesting story. You know, I was always, I love that hub and spoke design that they have, especially, you know, in Magic Kingdom. And uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, I, you know the park so well, it's hard to imagine it being any other way, you know. And it's amazing how one ride had such an influence on how they set a park up. Let's talk about the actual ride itself, and uh, because there's so much great stuff, and this is one of those few rides that actually, let me rephrase that, this is one of those rides that has a ton of little stuff that uh, you're probably going to see something new uh, almost every time that you ride it, at least for the first dozen times. Um, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're, we're in Orlando. We're talking about Walt Disney World. There are, uh, basically, it's the same ride in, in Disneyland with a few minor things. Um, but for this show right now, let's talk Walt Disney World. Starting with the queue. This is probably one of the funnest queues that I remember walking into because there were so much, um, like, Geez, I want to say slapstick humor. Would that even be the right word? I mean, uh, there's so much mm-hmm. um, yeah. little humor where I'm like, I, I especially as a first time going to Walt Disney World, I'm like, I can't. This is this is hilarious. I love this. I appreciate all of the details that they put into the queue. You know, having the radio station going on in the background, really prepping you for your journey. Uh, it definitely sets the mood for the adventure you're about to embark on. Oh, definitely. I mean, you're looking through. They've made it more interactive over the years, too, where there's things that you can see. You know, look, the, the, the famous tarantula. I, I don't want to give away the story with the tarantula, but next time you're at Walt Disney World, uh, make sure to ask a cast member about the tarantula, and they'll tell you a nice little story about that tarantula in the queue. And it's it's great. It's those little things that make that queue fantastic and you do feel like you're setting off an adventure and like you said jay i mean the jokes and the puns and it starts even before you even meet your skipper what's funny is for the people that don't know about the tarantula when you're waiting online and you're in that queue area and you see people walking by it and just getting shocked and oh my god like it's uh you know when the thing starts to move and 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 jump at you my son, my oldest son, is very cautious about stuff like that. So when when he gets wigged out real easy, um, I find much humor in in little stuff like that. I really do. Uh, talking about the queue itself, I, I do want to um, um, stress one thing too. Even though it's a water ride, uh, they are one hundred percent accommodating for people in wheelchairs, scooters. And stuff like that. I wanted to drive that mm-hmm. home. Um, they are very accommodating. We had the opportunity uh, to go down with her grandpa, who was in a scooter. And you know, to be honest with you, there it was. Um, you were treated uh, very well, and they were very accommodating. I just wanted to throw that side note in there. Okay. Oh, I think the main thing for the queue for me is if you listen closely. And a lot of times, people are talking or they're on their phone or they're doing stuff. But if you listen, the 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 cast members that are loading the boats, a lot of times, are telling these jokes that you you don't even catch, you know what I mean? So it starts even before you get onto the boat, which is fantastic. I mean, that's the fact that they play that role too is great. I mean, they're telling the jokes, getting you in the mood, you know what's coming. Um, but, you know, one of the things, like, like uh, Mike, you, you were mentioning before we even got on, these jokes weren't always there. Yeah, uh, 1962 was when they originally added the jokes in. Up until that time over in Disneyland, it was almost like a National Geographic uh, kind of tour. You know, it was all serious. There was no, you know, I, I wonder what made it change. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what point did, you know, did they get one skipper that all of a sudden started to, you know, just be a wise guy and they kind of ran with it? Did it just take off from that? But yeah, but before that, it was a serious, you know, almost like a nature ride. So Walt's original fascination and want for this attraction in his park was all based on his True Life Adventures documentaries that he did. And, you know, his original thought was, hey, we want to put live animals in, on, on this attraction. But, you know, with, with the cost of the upkeep and, you know, he got with um, with with uh, experts on, on animals and they said, listen, most of these animals are going to be sleeping during the day. They're not even going to see them. You can't make sure there's, you know, continuous action with uh, as you're going through. The storyline won't make sense. And, you know, his idea of the attraction was more of a informational kind of what the safari would be now, you know, like a learning experience. And I think once they switched audio animatronics and they realized like, all right, this is going to become repetitive for repeat guests. We can implement a a fun um, um, script or, you know, let our cast members and our skippers go off off book a little bit. And that way, when you come back, it's something new all the time. So I think that's one of the reasons why it changed. 
do you think with the ad libs because you know we were talking about getting off the jokes you know because i mean it's the same ones but sometimes you get the you know the ad lib a little bit all right um how much flexibility because i don't know i don't really know any cast members that are that are uh crew skippers how much flexibility in ad libbing do they do they get are you do you know I would say very little. I would say they even. I would say they almost have to if they come up with something new, have to get it approved okay. first. I would highly, highly, highly doubt that um, they're able to, you know, just come up with stuff off the cuff. Disney's not going to have that because all they need is one joke yeah. to go wrong. And if now with cell phones the way they are. Now you oh now you got a viral video of a skipper saying something they shouldn't. So, um, but look, I mean, <laughs> these skippers when you're on the boat with them, you might be on a boat with uh, somebody that's going to be super super famous one day. Kevin Costner was a skipper uh, on the Jungle Cruise. Uh, there's been lots and lots of Jungle Cruise skippers that have gone on to do big big things. So, I, to answer your question, Jay, I bet very little. I bet you they have to get them approved. Um. How, do you guys know off the top of your head how many uh, boats there are per the attraction? There's 12 boats, and there's eight running at any particular amount of time. Really? Yeah. And all the boats have names, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's. <laughs> I love some of the names, too. Um, one of my favorite names is the Sankura, uh, Sankuru Sadie. And you know why it's my favorite? Why is that? Because it's the only one that's actually sank on the Jungle really? Cruise. Yeah, it sank back in 2004. <laughs> Mine is um, Jewel of the Nile Jason. That's my favorite one. Is it really and, one? Uh, Jewel of the Nile Jason? <laughs> no, but it would be perfect That would be if awesome. Listen to me. Yeah, so. Gullible Justin should be one of the boats, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they got some great names. And you know what? I don't pay attention to the names when I get on them, and I need to start doing that. I don't either. I need to do that, too. I, I almost think they need, like, uh, trading cards. When you get to ride the Amazon Annie, that maybe you get a trading that card That would be it. cool. How cool would that be yeah. if you got to collect them? So. Yeah, that would be great. Then you, I wrote all twelve boats. At you know, that would be neat. They could make the cards um, that where you play the game mm-hmm. at, around the Magic yeah. Kingdom. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that does something. Or collect so. all twelve, and you get a skipper pin. You know what I'm surprised they haven't incorporated in that either would be a uh, photo pass spot. You know, one of those automatic photos. I mean, they've been adding them into so many rides. I mean, that's one of the iconic rides that would be, you know, and they could kind of make it like a funny moment. You know, like uh, or just or just give you like. In your photo thing, just the backside of water. That's exactly you, where I was going with this. No actual picture. There's no picture of people. It's just, <laughs> it's just the backside of water where you can't even see yourself. But we'll, here you are on your ride with the backside of water and just a shot of the water. <laughs> I, I do love that, guys. I, I would really have loved dual cameras at the ambush where the ambush yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One on each side, and we'll see how many people look at the bush and how many the people look at the ambush. Yeah. So you're always going to have side by side photos on every, you know, it's just going to be two photos. Oh, that's funny. Wh- which one are you? Are you ambush or the not? Um, but when we get in the boats themselves, I mean, they're they're um, they're solid. Uh, they're they're on a track system. Yes. You know, um, but they look really neat, man. They're super cool. And how about when you start going? It's you just get this feel of. Okay, I'm I'm kind of getting this like you know the African Queen feel. I'm kind of getting this. I'm really like kind of transported a little bit. It's very a nice. Um, it, it is. It, it's an immersive ride. I really do enjoy that that intro. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you look over and you think, oh, that water looks absolutely disgusting. But look, that water. I wouldn't say drink it, but it's clean, clean water. They actually dye the water to make it look that green, grimy, nasty. And also, they do that to hide how shallow it is because it's actually really, really shallow. When I say that boat sunk, uh, it only sunk like a foot because <laughs> it's not it's not very deep water as as you're making your way around the uh, eight minute trip around the jungle. So you you, you get on the ride. Everything is is um, smooth. Your skipper is talking to you, um, guys. The thing about hippos is deadliest mammal on the planet, if I'm not mistaken. So there's there's just kind of this big mouth. I mean, it's it's really kind of a, a great introduction to this ride. You know, once again, we get back to something Mike and I were talking about on a Universal show, and that is animatronics and water. It's amazing to me what they can do with this with this attraction that they work over and over and over again. Because they're just huge. I mean, they're just massive that you can see these uh, hippos. And how many? How often are people going to be able to see hippos? You know, I guess if you go to Animal Kingdom, you can see them. But you know, how often are you going to see them in the Magic Kingdom? Not right. very often. So it's <laughs> your only spot. <laughs> and surprisingly, you know, 
they don't have a lot of problems with the ones over in the Jungle Cruise. Uh, it seems like Splash Mountain, just up the block from there, they have problems with the animatronics in the water all the time. And I don't know if it's because of the, I mean, you can't say it's the heat because they're just as much exposed to the heat in Florida as the other ones were. But it just seems like the animatronics look work a little bit more flawlessly over in Jungle Cruise than they do over in some of the other parks and some of the other areas of, you know, Disney. I thought Mike was going to say they, they have a have less problems with those they don't have many problems with those over there and like they're trained really well like they they stay where they should be and i'm like yeah, uh, maybe mike do you think it's the simplicity of the animatronics because there's only one moving part like the jaw or it going up and down versus like i guess yeah i mean, I mean it could be because you, you got know? like like you probably got like you know 20 or 30 servos and an animatronic um i don't know but you but it is nice it's nice not having an issue i guess is my point it's nice to yeah, have I a mean, ride where splash mountain some of them don't have a lot of movement but it seems like there's always one that's not working you know but mm-hmm. uh either way you know i'm just happy that it's always a, a well-functioning ride does it does it amaze you guys when you get back in these scenes how dense they can keep the jungle looking i mean it's incredible to me how great some of that stuff looks what's weird too is when they built that do you know how they did some of those vines like the 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 trees upside down or something like that yeah they planted orange trees upside down and let the vines grow on them so when you're seeing the big vines and stuff like that those are orange trees planted upside down really how strange is that? That's great. Well, that's brilliant. It is. Well, they know they're going to grow there. Yeah. You know, you plant them upside down. They're just, you know, they're still getting the water they need. They just, instead of it, the leaf part being exposed, now it's the, the bottom of the tree and it's, the roots are growing and it makes it look like those huge vines. That's crazy. I had no idea. None at all. It's it's genius. So Absolutely it is. Um, you know, when we go from there, you know, you have that one scene where they're, uh, you get the group of people climbing the pole. With the rhino underneath, giving the old <laughs> yeah, stick that's stick. That's probably my favorite scene. It is. Yeah. That is hilarious. I absolutely love that part. I always get a chuckle whenever I see that. Mike, do you know what we're talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and my one of my favorite lines uh, is, you know, when he'll like, don't get the point in the end. You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just it's fantastic i one of the best scenes um is and it, you know what it holds up when you talk mm-hmm. about attractions that are i mean this one's 71 the other one's 55 when you're talking about attractions that have been there for that long have had minimal changes through the years and they still the story and everything holds up i think that's what makes this an iconic iconic attraction and, and you know what, and you made a point there, and that's, I guess that's what I was trying to make at the beginning, where um, it's always going to look like this, because it's mm-hmm. it, these are just iconic scenes. You know, also we have, um, how about the lions lounging on the rock, you know, that are <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. babysitting? What are, uh, they're doing something over there, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's hilarious every time. They're protecting me. the zebra, because that's, he's sleeping. He's sleeping, that's right. He's a sleeping zebra, and they're protecting him. They're mm-hmm. such good lions. Yep. Yep, and um, <laughs> probably one of my favorites is um, the Headhunters. Yeah, you know it's uh it's it's a lot of fun with uh, uh, jokes on each one of these. Let's fast forward a little bit and talk about um, we were just talking about on the photo pass is the the waterfall. You know um, how much how much water. Let me phrase that. Have you guys ever seen this ride where the waterfall is not working? No. no. Nope. Never. No. And do you think it would just they would just I don't know. Yeah, I think they ever... would just change the change the script. But the uh this this is one of those immersive spots on the whole ride where especially when you're coming onto the backside of the falls, how you get that temperature drop and it just gives you that wet jungle feel, you know? It is definitely an iconic part of the ride. I, I'm just there's so many parts on this ride that I'm just like I'm just it's hard to articulate how amazing this thing is because it grips you and it's always gonna be with you. Because it'll be the same when your kid is your age. One of my favorite scenes is the, I think it's the gorillas that are over by the uh, the overturned Jeep. And they're talking about, you know, having to use a monkey wrench to, you know, to, get it to, to have it turn over. And the, the truck's over on its side and the wheels are spinning. So uh, th- that kind of humor in that particular scene, it's one of my favorite ones as we're passing through. They're so good. And you were talking about the the headhunters. I mean, w- the jokes as you go through that that side are just great you know like he'll trade you two of his for your one of yours you know and and uh who was it that the head at disneyland the heads were based on um it was a katherine hepburn because she's in the original movie that this attraction is based on um which was called was it queen of africa or was it what was, was the, it the name african of the queen movie? 
African queen. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. And um, so whenever they did that, they made a little nod to her, and they made the shrunken heads look like her. Okay. Uh, with with that, so you get you get all kinds of like little cool things in in the attraction. Well, isn't his name um, Trader Sam? Isn't that Trader Sam? Trader Sam. Yep. That's Trader yep. Sam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where he comes from. And uh, look, another probably one of my absolute favorite things that happens is, and you don't expect it the first time you ride this attraction is you get to go into the pyramids. You know, into into the you go into Asia and you get to see the tigers and the snakes and the monkeys and uh, once you enter there and they turn the, the skipper turns the light off, uh, it's pretty creepy, man. At first, it, well, you know, we were talking about the Cambodian temple. You know, the first time I did that, it's because I'm a huge. Well, you know, uh, Indiana Jones is is probably the most iconic figure in my life. I mean, I just loved his whole um, the whole reasoning behind what he was doing, and, and that sense of adventure. And the first time I went in there. I had to take pause, and because there's so many deep, mm-hmm. deep areas in the Cambodian jungles, in the jungles that, I mean, these temples are thousands of years old, and how many are grown up by the jungle, and and who's to say that there's not a small entrance to a cave? I mean, look, they they found that um, what is it like? It was one and a half billion dollars worth of gold and gems hidden in a vault in one of these uh, Buddhist temples here within the last five what years. What are we doing? Let's go to Cambodia. And, and they were sitting, and, and it was sitting in there for a thousand years. So you know, it makes me wonder how you know how is there something like this out there? So I always like that is definitely a moment in the ride where I can take pause and go. Can you imagine being that explorer and finding this for the first time? How incredible that would be. I think it brings out the explorer in all of us. That's what this attraction does. And I love the simplicity of some of the effects in this attraction. You know, you when you go into the temple and the lights go down, you see the eyes of the tigers, you know, glowing. And mm-hmm. everybody thinks that's some crazy effect. They're painted marbles that reflect light. I mean, it's 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 a genius way, simple way that has lasted through the years to pull that effect off. I mean, it's it's absolutely... And another thing I love is this this attraction is... You know, we talk about certain things that Walt had his hand in, that Walt loved. This was one of those that, if it's not the top one, it's way, way up there. Um, he loved this so much that when he was building Disneyland... Before there was any water in this attraction, he used to drive his Nash Rambler, which was actually one of the show's sponsors, um, through the riverbeds and would show off Schweitzer Falls and all the stuff um, to not only people visiting before it was open, but also on his TV show. So that way people could get you know uh, excited about coming to Disneyland and seeing these animals that they've created and doing all that. So can you imagine driving a, uh, <laughs> a car through the riverbeds? of the Jungle Cruise and, sh- you know, and seeing all that stuff before it's even done. What a cool, cool experience. Yeah, where did they get the water for uh, the Walt Disney World one? Do you know? Is it, did they tap into Bay Lake? Uh, where, where did this oh, water come from? Oh, I don't know. From? I mean, I'm sure they fill, the weather's filled with fresh water. I mean, like, just, like, like water water. It's not, no, because it's, it's, it's not like lake water. It's filtered water. Because um, so, the, okay. the water itself, like I said, it's, it's completely clear and they dye it. So okay. it's like drinking water clear and they, and they dye it the green color. And I suppose it gets enough water where they can regulate it through just a rainfall then. Okay. Oh, that, I mean, it's just like a pool too. I mean, I'm sure it gets below a certain amount. The, the water kicks on, it fills it back up. Yeah. How many times you go through that elephant scene and you see people on the boat that have never did the ride before, you know, and all of a sudden they're afraid they're going to get splashed by the water as the elephant pops up. I mean, I've never gotten wet on that ride, thankfully. Uh, I don't think anybody ever really does. But for people riding it for the first time, it gives them that little bit of a scare like, oh, my God, I'm going to get soaked in this ride as the elephant pops its head up and starts shooting water at its uh, nose or its uh, trunk. Do you kind of wish you guys did get wet on this attraction? No? You're good? No. Not at all. <laughs> no, I don't like getting wet on. I think it would be man. fun, like because I think it'd be fun if it just did like the back of the mm-hmm. boat, or like just did the, you know what I mean? And like not everybody, but you get to you get that laugh at like a couple people because that's the best part about water attractions is as soon as you go down the the um you know down Splash Mountain, you look at the boat and you go ah you got soaked and I didn't get it that bad, you know? I think it'd be great, man. <laughs> just or, or even or even walking into that area as you pass Aladdin, you see people oh, getting squared on by the camel yeah. and they don't know it's coming. <laughs> Right. Oh, it's like looking around. Where'd this come from? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I would pay a quarter to um to sit remotely and shoot water at people on the Jungle Cruise yes, as it's going past. Definitely. Yeah, donate it all to the world. You know your your um the conservation fund. Yeah, the conservation fund. I'd pay a quarter to squirt somebody. 
dude, just put it on the magic band. You just tap your magic band, you know? <laughs> All of a sudden, parents don't realize what their kids are doing, and right. they get back and their bill's $470 yeah. of, of water splashes at <laughs> Jungle Cruise. Yeah, better than a slot machine, for sure. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, any other iconic stuff that uh, you guys want to talk about that's on the ship, or excuse me, is on the actual ride itself? Well, I think you have to talk a little bit about Walt's, you know, the the, the Disney uh, company's use of the uh, the plane, you know. Um, you know, he had that Lockheed Model 12 uh, airplane, and the back half is in the Jungle Cruise by the Hippopool, and then the front half used to be at the Casablanca scene for the great mm-hmm. movie ride at Hollywood mm-hmm. Studios. So uh, it's one of those things that I think is just great use of uh, of of using both sides of that plane for what it was needed for. Coincidentally, do you know what they did with that? Is that ever at Skipper Canteen? I don't know. I wished I had something poignant to say. I was hoping you guys knew the answer, and I was just going to like take credit and nod and agree with you. I don't know, man. There's so many cool things that are in a warehouse somewhere from that ride. Just that ride alone. <laughs> just like oh, Indiana man. Jones. I, I do anything just to walk through the Disney parks, uh, just everything they have stored away. I've seen some Google images of some spots on the Disney property, you know, looking from the satellites where you can see the old ride cars mm-hmm. from the great movie ride uh, and from the backlot tour where the yeah. train cars were. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure they have a warehouse with all of that stuff. Like you said, that would be, I would pay my weight's worth in gold to uh, take a walk through that and see some of that or actually, you know, bring some of that home. That would be absolutely amazing. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things too that I think that, being a skipper on this attraction is probably one of the most coveted jobs at Disney. I mean, for people that really want to play that part, can you imagine how excited you would be if you got to be a skipper on the Jungle Cruise? You have to think it almost is, would be like um, trying to get a part on a TV show or a movie. I mean, you have to play that part perfectly. And the the one the one story I love, I've told this story before, and I learned this doing the Walking Waltz Footsteps tour at Disneyland, was uh, Walt one t- one night was laying in his apartment, and he kept hearing this, boom, 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 and he's like, "What is what is that?" You know what I mean? He was driving him crazy, and so he comes out at like five a.m. and he realizes they left the sound effects on the Jungle Cruise, and it was the gun going off, uh, for the skipper. You know, pop, 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 okay, and he sure. was just kept hearing it over and over and over again. Uh, I mean, because it, it look his apartment backs up to the Jungle Cruise. There, I'm uh, if I'm I'm pulling from memory here, and it, it I've been wrong before. If I'm not mistaken, the new skippers have to do trial runs with all skipper drivers in the boat first. Probably, I would say so. You know, and yeah. just for training with you know before they actually cut them loose. I, I think that's that's how um, the the rite of passage is up going. Um, the how long is a person a skipper for? I guess it just de- determines uh, them. Then, right? I mean, yeah, how long, how long they want to work there. Right. Do you know how long the longest skipper has been at this attraction? I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to find that answer out. I don't know how, but I, I I am curious to see the longest running person that that was actually a skipper there. So um, that's something I personally want to know. And if and if we don't know it, then I do want to know. Do you guys think that this attraction more than most? I mean, there's a couple haunted mansion. Um, comes to mind, Pirates comes to mind, that if for some reason they ever tried to modify or they or they even tried to get rid of, it would be the certain times. I mean, people get upset about things leaving, but this would be one of those where people, there would be legitimate backlash from the Disney community. Man, I, I would hope so. I would, I really do. I would hope so. I, you know, it's like you start talking that uh, Carousel of Progress. You know, you almost would have thought that when, when this was put into effect that there would have been the bylaws put into the park saying under no circumstances will these rides ever be changed. I, I mean, I guess, you know, they weren't, you know, looking in the future that much. You know, I don't know, man. It's I would absolutely hate to see that go. Because, can I add, what other attraction in Magic Kingdom actually changes for the holiday season? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Jingle Cruise is a big deal. Yeah, uh, I, you know what? I've only done it once, and I really, di- I really did like it. Um, you know, we're talking about things changing, and I, you know, I think when we were talking earlier about the script, and if the script can be modified at all, you know, this this attraction, is, and we have a lot of changes going on in the Disney parks right now. You know, with Epcot and Tron coming to the Magic Kingdom. 
um, and things like that. This attraction is the reason that Walt Disney said, I will, I will never be, um, Walt, uh, Disney will never be complete. Disneyland, Disney World, all those will never be complete. And we will always be striving to change and improve things. When Walt would ride attractions, he would always not say, what did we do right? But what did we do wrong? And what can we change to make it better? Um, because Walt was walking through the park and he heard this little boy ask his mom, he said, can I, um, can we go on the, the jungle cruise? Can, can we, you know, do that again? And not even stopping, Walt said, when he was, when he was telling the story, Walt said, um, no, we did that the last time we were here. And when he heard that, Walt thought, okay, now we have to be able to change things. And that's where I think you really started to get those scripts and those jokes and, you know, you never knew what was coming next. Now, is this a must-do for you two every time? You know, it's funny. I don't think I've ever fast-passed it. I think there's a lot of other rides at Magic Kingdom that are the must-dos for me. And I think my limit on that is 30 minutes. If it's a more than a 30-minute wait, I usually don't wait for it. But if it's a 30 minutes or under, we'll hop on it right away. We have fast-passed it. You know what we typically tend to do with this attraction? It tends to be our fourth fast-pass. So it tends to be, after we've done our three... It tends to be the one that we snag up because for some reason they're typically always available even later in the evenings. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I've done it so many times. I doubt I wait longer than 20 minutes for it. But if I can get on it with a short wait or with a fast pass, yeah, I'll do it every time. You? What about you? It's not a must do. I mean, I like it. I love it every time. But it's just uh, Rachel is more of a fan of it than I am. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's really not worth the, like mm-hmm. you guys it's not worth the wait for me because we have done it uh, so much um highly recommend if it's a 45 minute wait if it's your first time at disney to do it yeah you need to i mean to. this is this is an app you have to do this is a this is a walt fingerprint ride you have to do this ride or attraction yeah i would absolutely say if it's a first trip then or if you haven't done it maybe it's your second or third trip it's something that you really need to make sure that's on top of your agenda you know, uh, guys, you guys have anything else you want to touch on with the ride any, or the attraction? Anything? Uh, well, I do. I do. I want to. I want to do one notable. Um, the uh, also for uh, we talked about the wheelchairs. Um, there's also um, a sign language interpreters that are available. Uh, you know, with with a request. So I mean, it's I would find um, that's something I would be interested in seeing, and and if they were able to sign these puns and get that. Um, to get that, if it comes across the same way in a sign, then it would be for, you know, well, if you look over there, there's an ambush, and I just don't ever see it, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it would be interesting. I would be curious to see that. But for those people that, um, you know, if that's ever a concern, it is available. Well, you know, too, um, this attraction much, much later, not too many years ago, uh, had a little spinoff with bringing a restaurant to the Magic Kingdom with Skipper Canteen. Uh, we were talking not too long ago about um, restaurants that were inspired by attractions. And for some reason, none of us could think of this attraction or this restaurant uh, until right after we got done recording and we all three were like, Skipper Canteen, what were we thinking? Um, at one, have you guys eaten there? And two, uh, would you like to see Disney do more of that? Would you like to see Disney uh, with their really iconic attractions bring restaurants right next to them and, and continue that storyline through dinner too? I was not. I I did. I ate there when it first opened, and I thought it was one of the worst meals I had at Disney. Not to bring to be the negative nanny in the the conversation. Now I've heard they've changed the menu extensively, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. So will I try it again? I probably would try it again, but it would be on. Um, it would be have to be on an off day when nothing else was planned. So that was the answer to question number one. Number two is I love the fact that they put restaurants. I mean, you guys have mentioned the Haunted Mansion, you know, restaurant or, you know, to having a restaurant right next to uh, Small World is great. I love to be able to sit down and eat and, and enjoy the ride as these people are either going through. Um, I don't get in the immersion part as far as uh, like you guys, um, uh, you know, you said continue in the story. That to me is not such a big deal because like I get hangry, dude. When it comes time to eat, I want to eat. You know, I don't want I don't want small talk. I don't care about your story. I need to sit down and 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 nourish this 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 body, this beast. I gotta eat, man. And when they talk to me, it's just kind of getting in my way. So I'm not that type of person. But I know that I I believe that you guys are. I mean, not you, Mike. I'm not speaking for you, but Justin. I'm sure that you enjoy that um, aspect of continuing the ride through dinner. Do am I wrong? 
Oh, I, I, I eat one meal a day. I'm like a little bird, so I just keep telling me stories, and I'll just, yay, I'm happy. Yay, give me a little <laughs> loaf of bread, and I'll sit here and listen to stories I would love to. Uh, Mike, what about you? I would love to do it on a solo trip. Uh, I've looked at the menu there before, and I don't think it would be able to occupy my girls with what they like, and even Laura. Um, so that's something that if I was doing a solo trip, that would be the top of my agenda to do because I would love to try it out, and I definitely think they should incorporate more story, ride, restaurant tie-ins to kind of you know expand the experience you know you just mentioned that you know small world you know they have the restaurant right there you can overlook small world and it's pinocchio village house which is cool but you could definitely make that more of a small world theme restaurant continue the story on a little bit more uh, you know but i definitely love the idea of continuing the story when it comes to the dining experience i'll say i've eaten there one time uh i actually really liked it because they had faux and i really i love faux um so i liked it the girls were not so happy about it but like uj it was right after it opened Mm -hmm. and i have heard that it's changed a lot i did like the story continues where the uh the people working you know your server and everything were uh either failed skippers or you know like they they had the same kind of jokes that the skippers have on the attraction so i do like that now there's a lot of little nods to the attraction in the in the restaurant so look if you've never been there give it a shot and go in and check it out i I think it's definitely worth your time to, to look Magic Kingdom doesn't have a lot of great restaurants anyway, so that's a pretty bold menu for Magic Kingdom. Yeah, though. it is. I'd like that they they dove outside the box though. I wish they would do that more often because, look, I, you can get burger stuff everywhere, and I, it's just for me, Magic Kingdom. You know, I've said this before on, on episodes. They have the greatest park on planet Earth, and some of the worst in in park dining. So it's they need to they need to really get get going with that in park dining. They got some really cool stuff. Moving from the Jingle Cruise. Uh, let's go over to the new movie with The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, he's going to be part of the Jungle Cruise. You've seen little snippets, maybe interviews of him on the set. I think it looks fun. It looks great. I love The Rock. Um, the, the 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 action or the um, the filter that they're using gives it that. Um, it's perfect for the Jungle Cruise. So I'm I'm definitely ready for this, guys. Is this something you'd be interested in? Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of The Rock as well. I'm uh, pretty much anytime a movie comes out, if he's in it, I'll watch it. You know, I'm a fan of his. Uh, I, I'm obviously having the Disney tie-in. It's definitely going to be on my uh, must-do watch list. And not only that, it's got Emily Blunt. So you're bringing Mary Poppins in as uh, mm-hmm. you know as a co-star there. The Rock, everything he touches right now is gold. So you know it's going to be great. He, you know, when he accepted this, he was actually a little nervous. He talked about that. He was like, because I don't want to mess this up. Like, it's it's a huge, huge mm-hmm. thing. Um, but do you know that he was not the original um, person who signed on? or was going to sign on to make this movie. This movie was originally going to get made back in 2011. Did you guys know the two actors who are Disney royalty that were going to make the Jungle Cruise movie originally? Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks is one, and it's a very good friend of his, and they've spent lots of time together on the big screen, especially oh, recently. What's his name? Um, Tim? Tim Taylor. Tim, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Tim, Tim Taylor. Yeah. Tim Allen. Tim, same thing. Tim Taylor. Tim Allen Tom Hanks were originally going to star in the Jungle Cruise back in 2011, but it, it kind of uh, fell apart. So it would have been interesting to see their take. I think The Rock will do much better. Um, I love Tom Hanks, and I love Tim Allen. but I think yeah. so. The Rock's got a ton so. of charisma. Yep. Rock's got a But, you know, going back to, uh, you know, you said we got Mary Poppins coming in. Is it... <laughs> Are we going to have this identity crisis where you have Mary Poppins as an iconic character? And now people are going to look over and here she's uh, going to be in the Jungle Cruise. No, because I, dude, I can disconnect because I mean, look, when you talk major actors, that would be like, am I going to have? She's she's the same person that was in the movie with her husband about where you had to stay silent. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was a horror movie, and I mean, like, I can disconnect from that and put her as Mary Poppins, and I can disconnect from. You know, I think almost, I know where you're going with this, but I think that almost goes more with TV characters than it does movies. Because you spend an hour and 45 minutes with a movie, but yet, like, let's say I watch Friends, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen every episode, and I've watched 10 seasons of Friends, and then I go see uh, David Schwimmer try to do something mm-hmm. different, or I see, you know, Matt LeBlanc try to do something right. different, I go... Eh. Like Kramer's always going to be Kramer on Seinfeld. Okay. Kramer's always going to be Kramer. You know what I mean? Like so jo- Joey's not going to be a good skinner. No, not at all. Like it's going to be, you know, how you doing? Is you this know, thing like- floating? Really? <laughs> Notice he talked in an Italian accent, Mike. I think he's got beef. Well, his okay. name's Joey. Yeah. Tribbiani. Joey Tribbiani. Yeah. 
He's not Irish. I can promise you that. <laughs> one of my favorite. One of my. This is completely off topic, but I could just see him making all the skipper jokes. So he would fit into that sure. role, like of like the you know not really knowing what's going on because uh, the one time he does buy a boat, and he's like, he's like, hey, why don't you look out over there? And and uh, and <laughs> Rachel's like, Joey, that's the Coast Guard. Why are they out here? The coast is way <laughs> over there. You know, like just. <laughs> So, yeah, it's just great. Anyway, but yeah, I think the rock will. I think the rock will I knock so. it out of the park, man. I think it's going to be I really think good. So, guys, I think that's going to kind of wrap up the Jungle Cruise. Um, any last words on Jungle Cruise before we move on to trivia? Fantastic uh, attraction. I think it'll be there as long as the park's standing. I think it will. Uh, I think it'll have a place there. I'm just glad I get to experience it when I go down there with the family. It's a fun ride. We have a good time. Uh, my kids enjoy it. I enjoy it, and uh, I look forward to it going on the next time I'm down there. There's definitely a lot going on where you have to go down there. Especially, it's a perfect. Is this? Not, this is just a perfect family ride. It 100% is. Um, moving on with trivia. Last week's trivia question was: In the animated feature "The Wind and the Willows," whose testimony resulted in a guilty verdict for poor Toad? And the answer was Winky, the Mr. bartender. Winky. <laughs> Mr. Winky, Mr. Winky threw him under no the doubt. bus. What a great name. Okay, and for today's trivia question, Walt Disney's apartment is above what building on Main Street USA at Disneyland Park? The Firehouse or the Opera House? You can text your answers to 317-WDW-DADS, 317-939-3237. While you're doing that, make sure to head over to www.disneydadspodcast.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure to give us a follow on Twitter, guys. It's at Podcast Disney, always interacting over there. Of course, Facebook's where we get our fantastic pictures for our picks of the week. And also do a couple other things for me. If you want to interact with the show, there's a couple different ways. You, of course, can give us that call at that number, or you can get us at our email, disneydadspodcast at gmail.com. One more thing. It's the only thing we ask of you. If you're liking the show, head over to iTunes, grab your phone, pick it up, give us five stars, put a little uh, little nice note on there. That's your hug to us, and we appreciate those nice notes, guys. It helps us grow the show, reach so many more people around the world. Thank you guys for uh, for everything you all do. Justin, you know you mentioned the uh, social media aspect that we are all involved in. And, uh, you know, with that social media aspect, it brings some amazing things. That would be pictures. You know what that means? My favorite thing, pictures of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. It's time for us to get our picks of the week. All right, guys, you know, we've been off for a couple of, you know, for a while, being that, uh, you know, with the hurricane rolling through, so there's a lot of pictures to sort through. So it's going to be a tough week for picks. So, uh, Justin, why don't you start me off with your pick of the week? Yeah, I know I'm probably stealing your guys because this pick is fantastic. And I am picking Michael Taylor. Guys, he puts up his uh, picture where he met up with some of our Disney family. And uh, they look like they had just a fantastic time at Epcot. Uh, absolutely loving the photos, loving the updates. Uh, thank you so much for uh, bringing the Disney family along your trip. Perfect. It was great. I love seeing those pictures for those meetups. How fun is that? Isn't that it. cool? Yeah. Very yeah. Very, very neat. Yeah, one of the you know one of the coolest things that we've talked about with this is you know people getting together, whether it be socially on Facebook or, or emails or whatever the case is. And to me, it's really amazing when you guys can kind of get together and just you know whether it's having dinner, whether it's a you know a subtle hello in the park or whatever. But it's great to see those uh, those photos, people together. I love it. Jason, tell me, buddy, what's your pick of the week? Yeah, Michael Taylor was crushing. Hey, yes, I'm going to give some love to Shannon McPherson. Did you guys see? He kept us, man, he just inundated us with the pictures of the food over food and wine. Um, Did you guys get a chance to just carouse his pictures of that amazing food? I feel like he was kind of torturing me because every picture he'd put up, I would just get a little hungrier. And I'm like, oh, that looks great. And then he put up the one of the... um, it's got the, the black beans uh-huh. and the pork. Oh, I've had that. Yeah. I had it last year, and it is so nice dark good. beer with it so too. Good. Jeez, Louise! Oh, Shannon, rocking it. I know what you did there, buddy. What's that? No, I'm saying I know what he was doing. He he was trying to get me <laughs> to get in my car and drive down there because I was I was well. Ready I know, to eat. and he threw the invite out there too, and he's like, he's like, hey, this is like I'm going to Disney last week. If anybody wants to join me, like, wait, wait, you can't just throw it on there like that, like a 24 hour notice, dude. What's up with that? 
if I had known Dorian would have been sporadic and not really hit Florida and gone up the coast and, and nailed us, then, you know, I would have gone down there. And oh, that would have been great, man. You'd have been eating good. Oh, that brulee looks fantastic. Jeez. Yeah, great, great pick, Shannon. Great. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to Sarah, Elizabeth, Webner, and Ryan Webner. They were down there also in Magic Kingdom, and they got to enjoy the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And what some beautiful pictures she was able to post with the uh, castle all lit up and the fireworks in the background. And, you know, you know how much we all love Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, so that's definitely going to be my pick of the week. Yeah, she was killing it with those pictures. Great, great pictures this week. Absolutely love it. All right, fellas, you know, thanks for taking this little jungle cruise journey with me today, and uh, I'm glad I got to see you guys. And, uh, you know, another episode, another week is in the books, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys soon. Yeah, dude, I had a great time talking about the jungle cruise. You know, I kind of came into this um, uh, ready to go down memory lane, and I did. I I did. There was a couple times I had to pause, and I was like, oh, I remember when my son was looking at the ambush for the first time. And, and, uh, you know, you just, all those moments start flooding back to you because, you you know, you're, you're trying to relive this ride. Um, Justin, I just want to say I'm glad everything worked out on your end, dude. I know, I know you got an incredible, um, uh, heat spell and you're out there, you know, taking care of business, but I'm glad overall, um, you know, I was really concerned that that I was going to hit you guys. So I'm glad that everything worked out on your end and Mike, I hope everything works out on your end as well. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're, uh, yeah, I'm glad that Dorian is gone and it's back to the fun. Um, guys, look, this is an amazing attraction. I hope that everyone gets a a chance at some point to experience it. Um, and I'm going to leave you with, you know, I've talked about some of my favorite lines from this attraction, but I'm going to modify one just for this podcast. And guys, now that we have reached the end of the podcast, I am so happy you all joined us and it's time to get out. (laughs) From Mike, Justin, and myself. We want to say thank you, and remember, always keep it Disney. And they all live happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us, and when we're brave enough to listen, and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.